All right, so here was, here's where we're going to go. I want to just, Mary did a nice job, and I, when I re-listened to it, it was even better, talking about energy levels and energy centers and how energy is a wave, and depending on where you're at in the uh, energy field, the wave is different. The, the more negative the, the energy, the more compressed or broad? No, more, more broader the wave. Yeah. So that dissipates a lot of things. So I wanted to just kind of come at what Mary was talking about from a little bit different perspective. And I got this information out of a book, and I referenced it last week, called Healing and Recovery. And it was written by David R. Hawkins, an MD. And as I mentioned last week, Dr. Hawkins had so many health issues that, I mean, he should have been dead really, because he was struggling so much with what was going on in his life from a, and what he calls the energy field. His energy levels were basically all below this line. And I want you to know, I didn't intend to make this line a wave. It just sort of came out that way. But when you think about whiteboard 101, I flunked it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I put this line in here, and below the line is what he calls the levels of falsehood. This is where all of our false belief systems emerge from. And above the line are the levels of truth. And the further up you go, the more truth you understand. And what do we know about truth? Truth Truth. does what? Sets you free. Sets you free. So the more truth, the better, right? And the more truth, the more energy you're going to have. Yeah, Take a picture of that for the ladies. Sure, go ahead. Take a picture. Send it to them. Norman. So Don Keesley's teaching about living above the line fits perfectly Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Living above the line. And what we have here is I'm just going to... This is called the log, and the log is the measure of energy field at a particular level. And, and This is science, right? This is science. This okay. is supported. They've tested it in multiple ways, and they have came up with this, this grid score. So shame has an energy level of 20. Below shame, you're basically dead. Got no energy, okay? Guilt, an energy level of 30. Anxiety, 50. Grief, 75. Fear, 100. Desire, 125. Anger, 150. Pride, 175. Those are negative emotions. And as you see below the line... It's very much in contrast to above the line. Mary. The thing that is so bothersome about this is that when we have things in our life that are below the line, and I, we've all got them, they actually, that big wave takes more energy mm-hmm. from the levels above. So... That's where you're living. So when you, you end up above the line, you can't do your dishes. You can't do anything. You're just like, because yeah. why? You a dirty kitchen. And you have a dirty kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because the energy that is used to do positive production in your life is all capped up in these um, low waves. And so that's why when we... Um, allow the Spirit of God to remind us of the truth, it 
it's like um, uh, an enzyme. An enzyme is uh, uh, in its wholeness is all like bound up like a ball, but when it gets a lot of heat, it unravels, and that's kind of what happens. It's kind of an analogy of what happens when we when we address or we allow the spirit of God to or we release, I'm trying to use the right word because I'm learning. When we embrace it, we bless it, and we release it. When we release it, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, we have all that energy back to focus on our on our wholeness. Yes. And the energy that we get, like what, what Linda was talking about last week, where she read that verse, that energy, when we get that energy, it's not to turn our head back down and look at all the below-level mm -hmm. stuff. it's It enables us then to walk a fuller, holer life. Yes. That's what that energy is that we get from Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was kind of a long thing. That, so no, God. that's and, good. And can I just... Another, sure. Another thing that that it describes what you're talking about is, is acknowledging those lower-level emotions, surrendering them to the love of God, yep. and allowing them to be transformed into love, peace, joy, mm -hmm. all those Upper higher levels. level. And then our physical energy improves. Yep. Yeah. One third of the world lives in shame, guilt, and anxiety. Think about that. There's no creativity. Well, let me put it. Very limited creativity below the line because it's left brain dominant. You're trying to rationalize or figure out how to survive. Yeah, it's a survival mode. And when your prolonged state, it has a physiological impact because it changes the cell structure and the, and the ability to function in energy. Uh, matter moving matter. Yeah, matter moving matter. It's plutonium below the line. What's that? What are those numbers? These, these numbers? Yeah. They're, they're just a measure... A scientific measure that they put together of energy levels, okay? And the lower the emotion, the less functional energy you have to live a whole life. It sucks away from the ability to live a whole life. And probably at one point or another, most of us have found ourselves here at one time or another. But since we've been learning grace we have been accelerating to go above the line. And, that, and I mean, that's how I've been thinking about this, is we've been accelerating to go above the line. Norman, your question. My question is, kind of like Greg just kind of put a thing in the... Grenade? A grenade. Box. Anyway, I'm having a hard, difficult time with the word desire and craving because we're using our imagination for the desires of our heart. And that word there is kind of throwing me off. Well, let me see if I can find Sure, Carol, go ahead. Okay. Um, I understand what you're saying because I had the same thing. Okay. And, but, then now that, but then I understand now, if you're desiring something, it's always out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you take the desire, then what you do is you live from the desire fulfilled. My desires are fulfilled. That, that brings it in. If you just keep desiring, this is what I want. It's I want this. I want this. This is my desire. It's always yeah. that carrot hanging out yeah. in front of us. I'll be happy when. Can I, can I add something? What, sure. Carol was very good here. It's basically uh, the desire is, if it is future tense, 
then there's anxiety in that. Yeah. However, the same, a, a similar word would be imagination, which is which is maybe what you're correlating, in other yeah. words, that you're looking at. But imagination, when it's tied to, if it's already, you, you believe it in your heart that it's already there, then that brings just the opposite. It's okay. like a belief in an Exactly. You're living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Yeah. So yeah. that's where it said, thou shalt not covet, that would go in the bottom of the line. Yeah. 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 So I'm kind of curious. Could we say that above the line is eating from the tree of life, and below is eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? What do y'all think? Can you say that? I think you probably could. Well, I, I don't know. But but well, go ahead, Mary. Expand. I'm I'm. It's a kind of a new thought. Let me think about that. Okay. <laughs> because I I always think of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as um, judgment and I think of the tree of life as grace and so if you can apply those things to that concept I I can't right off my head I'm not to say that you're wrong though because right. you I'm, could be really right about that I'm enjoying what you're saying <laughs> Greg, Greg introduced us to the concept last week of victimization right? Mm. Victimization is you're always looking outward for something to be fulfilled internally. All of these are fo outward focused because I lack, I lack, I lack. So I, then you're judging. This yes. is not a good thing. I, was gonna yes. I need something else for to make it better. Yes. Uh, all of those lower level is a judgment of lack. Yes. I don't have, so therefore I... And your mental outlook is lose-lose, because no matter what door I open, it's going to get slammed shut oh, in my yes. face. But it, but it also goes with what you're saying. Because I think about the Garden of Eden and, and, and you know what was the temptation? Well, surely you won't you won't die. And it was it was like there was a, a lack statement hidden in that. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting. Yeah. So in this lower level, if everything is outward out of a dri driving to find something to bring in, this is where religion has its field day. This is where legalism has a field day. This is where I must cast out the demon because otherwise I don't have any choice. I'm stuck. Otherwise I have no union. I have no union. Yeah. So demonology is rampant and it's fueled here. Legalism is fueled here because there's really not much hope of a future in this timeline. Ron. Religion has the solution for everything below the line. They're, that's, of course, what they're give, I mean, selling you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Their solutions never really solve anything. Well, solutions in quotes. Yeah. 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 And there's, there is a, in this below the line, it's difficult because of left brain dominance to hear the Holy Spirit clearly. Because we're so focused on survival. We're focused on black and white, them and us. Right, wrong. Their right, wrong. Their yeah. Uh, uh, depends on yeah. you below the line. Now, what is Holy Spirit's role? What's he doing below the line? Nudging. Nudging. <laughs> Gently, lovingly, kindly. He's not condemning. He's initiating. To draw us what? Above the line, right? And above the line, we have courage at 200, neutrality at 250, 
willingness at 310, acceptance at 350, reason at 400, love at 500, joy at 540, peace at 600. What does that sound like? What's the kingdom? (laughs) Righteousness, peace, and joy. Yeah. And in peace, joy, and love, we can choose compassion and mercy, thereby eliminating them and us. That's where them and us breaks down, is because we've made a choice to to walk in love, joy, and mercy. And, and, and mercy. Mary and then question about compassion. What part do you think that plays in all of this? I, that's been kind of coming at me from all angles this week, and I just don't. I think it's huge because it's huge for us to st- sustain a life of full of energy. You mean when every time if you read the scriptures, when Jesus healed, it was always out of compassion and mercy. Everything he did, compassion and mercy, when he was healing the sick, multiple times in Scripture. So it empowers us to live outside of ourselves and interact with the world. From a place of fullness? Yes. Does that help? Below the line is very self-centered. Yes. And above the line is very, what's the word, outward-centered. Thank you so much. Yeah, because, because above the line, we've come... We've come to the place of acceptance of who our true identity is. And as we then become comfortable with our true identity, the characteristics of the kingdom begin to rise up. And because Jesus' love, the agape love, is always moving out, and compassion and mercy are forms of that love, as we begin to rise up into that level of energy, we can't help ourselves but to give it away. Yeah, I mean, it's just just kind of, every time I turn around, just... Yeah, Every, if, you, if you read um, most of the healing scriptures in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they always are, there's always Jesus felt compassion, Jesus felt mercy, Jesus healed because of that. And where does it live? Where does it live? Like what energy center? Like your heart? Does well, I don't know. Your You're the energy center expert. It's got to start. Not an expert. Well, I, I only think... read the chapter last week. I would, <laughs> Mary, I would think it'd have to be at least there because then it pushes upward, right? Well, I was just thinking about what Linda said last week about out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So if we're being compelled to live a life of compassion, then it would, it would feel right to have it reside mostly in your heart. Mm-hmm. And it always talked about guarding our hearts. And so... When there's something wrong, going wrong inside our heart or whatever's stored in our heart, that maybe it stands in the way of our expression of compassion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the world, mm-hmm. maybe? Mm-hmm. 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 That's, why, that's why Holy Spirit surprises us like you were like last week. There's something I want to get out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whew, wow. Norman, you had something you wanted to say. Yeah. I'm going to give an example yesterday, living above the line, is yesterday Don and I saw this person hauling empty cannon bottles to the deposit, deposit to get their money back, and the bag ripped and it flew all over the floor. Oh. Oh. So we out there helping them, and I could have said, no, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to the line, and I know that's his problem. No, go help the man. Yeah. 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 Below the line is striving. Above the line is relaxing into. Leaning back just relaxing and leaning back into what you already are, which is your union and oneness. It's important how you it, define compassion, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me see if I can find how we... 
And all it's the, not, oh, you poor dog, no. you just hear the situation. It's yeah. like you have, your heart goes out to, to really want to enter in their situation with them and make it better. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a misinterpretation sometimes of what compassion really means. Yeah, definitely. And to agree with that, that I, I never saw it that way. It's yeah, it's insidious, but it's, it's there. Yeah. Well, and we're so interested in bringing healing to the world, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And isn't that something that Jesus always kind of, like you said, it always is a part of that whole story? Is that he, his compassion was always mixed in with the manifestation of healing? Yeah. This is Dr. Hawkins discussing compassion. <laughs> compassion is a way of knowing and looking into the hearts of others. What would we call that to, in, in a spiritual gift context? Discernment. Discernment. Yes. Due to the release of endorphins at this level of revelation and transfiguration, there comes an awareness that the separation between oneself as an individual and another self as an individual starts to break down. Them and us breaks Union. down. Yes. Union. Ron said... Union with our with our with the Trinity, but union with each other. Each other. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, it is it is almost like the beginning of a oneness of the heart and knowingness, not a thinkingness, but a way of being. Not say that again, not a it's it says it is almost like the beginning of a, a oneness of heart, a knowingness, not a thinkingness, okay. but a way of being. It okay. becomes second nature. That we are in union with one another. Yes, and out of that, out of that love, unconditional love, we give out of a desire to give because we know we're one. And if I impact Carol in a positive way, I impact union that ripples through the universe, so to speak. So he says the level of revelation in the 500s then opens the way to transfiguration and compassion that leads to ecstasy in the states close to 600. So the more we function in love and joy, the, the greater the likelihood we're going to be at peace because we're going to be accepting of ourselves and others. We're not judging the situation. Sharon brought up last week about you know, looking at all that's going on in the world, you almost could look at it in a negative context, but then Carol said, but maybe it's because they're protesting for something as against something. Yes. What they're protesting for is inherently who we are. And, and so they're calling forth that inherentness. And, and look what happened. The, the, the elites try, have tried to shut the, the Canadian truckers down. They haven't succeeded. GoFundMe seized $10 million that people had given to those people because it didn't fit their platform requirements. They were going to give it to charity. And there was an uproar of people saying, that's not righteous, you can't do that. And so now they've decided to refund it. And in the meantime, there's, a, there's another platform called Give, Send, Go that opened up and in the first 16 hours raised a million bucks for the truckers. So if all that money flows back to people and they turn around and give it back in this other platform, I mean... It's phenomenal the way things are correcting in, in the universe right Life now. Life wants to live. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a perfect example of how of, a little thing that, that you think it's out of control, and then God comes and says, hold my Diet Coke. Okay. <laughs> God, oh, boy. And, and it's like, 
I mean, everyone, we're looking at the, this perfect example, we're looking at, that's just not right, that's just not right, we're all going like this, that's not right. Okay, of course they got to uh, think of it, but we got to wait a little bit, get that stirred up to get more people looking at it, and then suddenly they do the stupidest thing, meaning the, the GoFundMe, I mean, and then they double down and then that, oh, wait, that didn't work out well, and then they do this. Again, all this time this is happening, it's bringing more and more, and then suddenly there's an article that says, by the way, we have a new launch of a new brand new company. Now, suddenly you cannot buy that kind of advertising. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the point I was getting to. It's like, it's like, whoa, it's like no one knew who they were. That Until was, yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> that was what you're talking about, right, Ryan? Is that exactly. entrainment or whatever you call whatever. it? Whatever. He just said it. Mm-hmm. It's, the point is, is that, is that uh, and then even as, what I'm trying to tell you is that even as things look starkly horrible, you've got to know that somehow it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And you might not see it, but there's a perfect example. Literally over a seven-day period, you could, all those steps took place. Okay? There you have it. Yeah. There you have. Yeah. Uh, Norman. You know, on Sesame Street, they say today's uh, whatever that is brought to you by the letter D. Well, today's sermon was brought to us by the word that he started off with. And, and, uh, yeah. What's that? Whatever that word today's, was he started off with. Yeah. Emergence. Yeah. Emergence. yeah. Today's, word, today's service is brought to you by the word emergence. <laughs> so, coming back over to the board here, going up, you know, we had. Courage, neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, and then enlightenment. Here's, the, here's some emotions, and this is not a, a total category, but down at shame, there's a lot of humili- sense of humiliation. At guilt, blame, apathy, despair, grief, regret, fear, anxiety, worry, pain. When we were in the healing rooms and, and we, we looked at the, the writings of Henry Wright, Henry Wright 80% or more of sickness and disease is based in anxi- fear, anxiety, worry, and, and, and um, panic. Actually, it's panic. Sorry. 80% of sickness and disease from there down. That's huge. Craving, you, you know, we, we can talk about what a craving is, but for anger, it's hate. For pride, it's scorn. What is scorn? When you're, when you're, when you're in an extreme state of pride... What does scripture say about pride? It goes before destruction. Goes before destruction. It goes before the fall. Pride is the haughty spirit goes before a fall. Yeah. So pr- the pr- pride in the form of haughtiness is what we call today narcissism. <coughs> right? Yeah. It's all about me. What are you going to do for me today? But as we begin to courage, and the concept of courage is I begin to take a look at this isn't working, below the line isn't working for me anymore, and I'm going to make a choice, as we talked about last week, choices. I'm going to make a choice to try something different. Mm-hmm. What's the classic definition of insanity? They're doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So in below-the-line thinking, in the below-the-line life, i got to break that cycle somewhere. Courage is the first step, a willingness to make a choice. Carol. Well, courage is the, the courage to look at those other lower emotions. It's the courage to stop and look at them and go, okay, I can handle this. I can not... I can not, believe the truth. I, I can change this. It's the taking the courage, the step to examine and go, okay, 
this is changeable and I'm ready to do it. You're courageous now to do it. And even as you said last week, it might be as simple as a statement saying, I'm willing to be willing. Because that, that will begin to change this structure, this outlook into something different. Stuart. You know, I'm just reflecting on reading that book by Googler Ross on, I think it was Death and Dying, it was 30 years ago that I read mm-hmm. it. And, and what she's describing is the journey from below the line to the top of the line. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Greg. In relationship to the brief portion of the song that you read, <laughs> <laughs> there, the, the very first picture I got was an attack dog. You know, that you got on the chain, and it's out there going, that's below the line. Below the line are the things that we do. But when we rest within his arms and go back in, above the line are the things he gives us. It's not things we do, it's the things we receive when we go uh, above the line. Nice. And stop doing it. And as we receive, our capacity to, to experience increasing levels of energy go up, too. Because if this is about energy... How many of us want to live from 500 above? Healing starts at 500, according to this doctor. Yes. And so if healing, if healing starts at 500, how much more magnified is it at 600? These are exponential increases. These are not, it's not 40 points higher, it's 40 to the nth power higher, right? Ron. Like the Richter scale does it. Okay, I don't want to go into the yeah. math of it, but uh, when it goes on a Richter scale, you know, like a uh, earthquake, yeah. it is not a 7 to an 8. Yeah, no. the, the level of energy oh, is much oh, more no. intense than that. Yeah. <laughs> it is way beyond Yeah. So courage, and you know, at courage, we're looking at affirmations. As we began, let me put it this way, as I began to break out of this, it started with affirmations about, I am good. I am a son. Abba loves me. Below the line where I spent a large part of my life, I had no sense that Abba loved me. I didn't even have a sense that Abba was here. He was always out there. And I was always trying to find him. Stuart. Just what you were saying about affirmation reminded me of being majestically awesome. There you go. But I was also thinking about... (laughs) Back in my younger days when I smoked massive quantities of dope on a regular basis, it was that effort to find serenity. Yeah. And it was like a, a, a usurpation of the process. And now I have the serenity without, without the aid. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. If I'm using an artificial chemical to try to find a higher a place of being, Am I actually moving in a higher level of energy, or am I actually suppressing energy with a, with a lie? It probably is. So when we move to neutrality, trust, that's where we begin to trust God. Neutrality is, I don't know what's good or bad, so I'm going to trust God. Optimism, willingness leads, leads to optimism. Acceptance leads to Forgiveness. Reason is leads to understanding, but reason is a lot about it's it's about still some left brain function, but it's moving more into right brain, willing to willing to not dictate the outcome, okay, but accepting what's there. Love, agape, love, unconditional. It's re, and that's where reverence and happiness. When we begin to understand 
unconditional love from God, we can give unconditional love back in a sense of awe, but we also can unconditionally love others because I don't have to judge them anymore. And then joy. I mean, you know, serenity. Peace is bliss. Enlightenment, I can't even tell you what ineffable means. I didn't think to look it up, but it's almost like effervescence and flowing over and, 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 it's that, total separation. Is that ineffable? Is that what it is? Ineffable, yeah. Okay. It, it's total, I'll tell you what it is. It's total separation from I am somebody. It's, from, it's total separation of our personal identity and total yeah. acknowledgement of our oneness with Papa in every angle yeah. of our lives. Yeah. And, Je- and this is where Jesus was at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, what we also know, there were times when Jesus had moments where he dropped here, when he overturned the money chain tables. And I mean, he was, he was angry, okay? Now, he didn't stay here, but he did occasionally drop here. And I do think, even if you're up here, there are, there are triggers in our past that may pull us down for a moment. But in the past, we would judge that by going, oh, crap. <laughs> but, but now we can say, aha, something's coming up that needs to be dealt with. Ron? Good point. In the, as we ascend this uh, to the upper level, okay, what you'll notice is, is that what you're just bringing up in illustration is, is that Yes, we will, and some things will happen down there. But in the past, that would not only would we uh, stay there for a long time, but it would bother us, yeah. and that would then trigger more things. And I mean, you could do it. now. You can recover literally within a minute or so. I mean, seriously, okay? You can you you and you go, and because you you have that union with the Father, and you know that you can't really screw things up, which is, okay, that bad, it's like you can recover, I mean, like this. Yeah. Okay, and that's what I think you're... And there are certain techniques that we've been talking about, like meditation, deep breathing, in the midst of those moments when we have conscious recognition that I'm being pulled downward, I can move into a technique to call a timeout and let it come up and then dissipate. Um, Mary and then Norman. So you brought up a good point. It's like, what's the difference between sitting there and focusing on our navel? Oh, I got this wrong with me, that wrong with me. Or living life full blast in that field below the line and having crap hit us all the time. And we're constantly trying to knee jerk and, you know, and we know what we have to do with it, but it's hitting us all the time. And so we're always in this state of, just knee-jerking and trying to handle things. Or learning how to quiet ourselves, practicing that living in quietness, and then letting the Holy Spirit raise those things at a time when you're not in a place of panic or stress. Mm -hmm. And then you can quietly... I mean, it it happens both ways. I mean, you can sit in a really pissy state for a long time, Mm -hmm. just swim in it. Or you can work hard at maintaining a peaceful spirit so that you can hear the Holy Spirit nudge in an area that 
the spirit knows when we're ready for a certain thing or when we're we're struggling with something that would be good if we were able to move it out of the way. And so that's to in my opinion a better way. I mean the other way works, but boy is it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be very expensive if you move into the counseling modality. Right. Norman. <laughs> I observed this as that hey Jesus was the highest power but religion is, you know, is a powerful force too that it affected Jesus, but he recovered from it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying how powerful yeah. the force of religion is. It is very powerful yeah. because it's self-sustaining. Go ahead. The thing about that is there's so much hope, okay? If we mm -hmm. find ourselves down right. there in the lower numbers, the lower, the hope is that we can change it. Yep. We can can surrender it, that and it's changed you know yeah. i think of the scriptures uh he turns our sorrow into dancing dancing he turns our our mourning into dancing he turns our sorrow into joy, joy. he turns our ashes he changes them from beauty and Oil that's joy for mourning that's that transformation that happens but <coughs> I, I think it happens um for me you know when i quiet myself down and go oh here this yeah. is coming up here yeah I, I, I'm turning this in. I'm trading this in. You're getting for, quick about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Used to keep was, you down there. And it's hard for this, a long time, but now it's. This above the line is right. It, it, it shifts us to right brain dominance. And what do we know comes out of right brain? Creativity. Creativity. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the higher we move up in our energy scale, the more creativity we're going to display. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think so. And. With, and part of the reason I'm having this conversation is we are we are in a position of this of this timeline for such a time as this. We have been created for such a time as this. Most of us have spent years in here, and finally we're lifted up for whatever reasons. We we made decisions and choices that have moved us up this energy scale. And it comes out of understanding of union and oneness. It comes yep. out of understanding sonship. It comes out of understanding how powerful we are when we know these things. Along the way, there have been times when Holy Spirit has spoken to me, put someone in my presence, put a song in my presence that has broken through the normal thought process triggered below the line. And that became a source of encouragement so I could make a choice. 2013, Carol began to talk to me about Joseph Prince, and that led to Andrew Womack, which gave me enough sense that something down here was wrong, and there had to be a better way, and I, I made a choice to begin to explore grace. But otherwise, I was living here. And you could you could track my physiology back then, and you would know I was living here. Because here's why. Below the line, left brain dominance, linear thinking, stress and adrenaline are normal. Yes. Fight or flight is a reality. Alarm, resistance, exhaustion sets in. Killer cells break down my immunity. The thymus gland experiences stress and malfunctions. The, it disrupts what's, what he calls the acupuncture meridian 
which is we, we talked about meridians last week, which is one of those things that flows out of the centers, right, Mary? Is, is it, you know, Again, I mean, I just learned this last week. But, yes, the pictures that I see, it looks like they're, the energy centers are run kind of like where your aorta does, just kind of up and down. But um, then it's like blood vessels yes. coming down. Yes. Oh, only it's energy movement. Disease increases because the immune system is suppressed. Negative muscle response. What does that mean? Your muscles get more rigid. At, and they atrophy. Lethargy sinks in. Neurotransmitter serotonin levels diminish. What happens when your serotonin depression. levels... Depression. Your self-talk becomes negative about yourself. Track to emotions twice as fast as through prefrontal cortex to emotions in your pupils dilate. Say that again? It says that you track to emotions twice as fast. In other words, you'll go, as things began to happen, you'll go to the negative emotions quicker. Twice as fast. Twice as fast. And then your pupils dilate. Above the line, right brain dominance, you're not, you're not thinking linear anymore. You're thinking infinite possibilities, right? You're thinking... Um, your, your peace, peace raises uh, arises up in your endorphins increase. Now, what happens when you have positive or levels of endorphins? You feel good. I feel good. Yeah, and you and you go to positive emotions as opposed to negative emotions first, <laughs> and your thymus gland is it heals, and your thymus controls a lot of your endocrine system. Your immune system. In your immune system. Killer cells <clears throat> in immunity, the killer cells to kill off invading things increase, and they don't turn on you, they turn on the things they're supposed to go after. Your immunity kicks in. Your healing amps up. Your, your energy systems balance. You have positive muscle response, which means your muscles are functioning at peak capacity. They're not, they're not tight, but they're, they're in a position to do what you need to do. And you track to emotions slower. In other words, you don't go to the negative emotions because you're living in a place of higher emotions. So you don't drop quickly. You may begin to have a downward turn because something triggers you, but you're also learning to, to catch it. Then spiritually, spiritual endeavor and intention change the brain function and the body's physiology and establish a specific area for spiritual information in the right brain, prefrontal cortex, and that increases your energy. So moving from shame, guilt, all these lower emotions to the positive emotions, what has the church historically called that? Baptism of the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Oh, no. Sanctification. Oh. Norman. Give you a scripture reference which kind of fits in, I believe, with this whole story. Apostle Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta. All the sailors there are they're down on the bottom there. Whereas Paul is up on the top. Gets on the shore, gets hit by a snake. The snake doesn't bother him. His whole body is because he's living up at the top. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. can I share something I heard yesterday that yeah. I think I think this might help. It's been helping me is when we you know, we, we are body, soul, and spirit. The down and the lower were mostly body mind that's where we're living out of body mind and 
up higher, we're living more out of spirit. So when I'm up against something, I will stop and pause and go, wait a minute, my spirit man is not offended by this. My spirit man is not bothered by this. And then that helps me get my body-mind lined up with spirit man and helps sort of drain, uh, the, let go, the authority that surrender some of that lower, you know, tendency to be offended, tendency to be angry and triggered. Triggered and Whatever. all of those lower things is when I stop and go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm more than just a body-mind. I'm spirit, and spirit is not offended. Spirit, you know, we, we heard it the phrase. Judge. Yeah, we've heard the phrase that uh, this didn't surprise God, you know, whatever, when something happens, this doesn't surprise God. Well, if, if I'm one with God, my spirit is one with God, then, then within me, my spirit, this is not a uh, surprise to my spirit. So I, I stop letting the ego, the flesh, the body mind be in charge and I and I'm learning this. I'm not there, but I'm learning this that wait a minute, my who's in charge here? <laughs> my spirit man or my flesh ego, uh whatever you wanna label yeah. it. Because <laughs> there's so many names. <laughs> and most advertising is aimed at below the line. Ron. Gotta tell you this. Uh, uh, fear of loss is a seven times greater motivation than hope of gain. They're tapping into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lack and yeah. loss. You don't have it. If you don't have it, you're really going to be. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Okay. <laughs> well, and the amount of drugs that they push, I haven't explored this. This is a hypothesis for the moment. But what does the the drugs they push do to the energy set, settings of our body? It's got to do something, and I'm not. I can't tell you. I just. It's a hypothesis. I'm just throwing out there. But when you start pumping drugs into people, it's got to change the flow of energy. It does. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I. I know it. it and maybe there's more in this book cause because I'm just, it's like a mask. Yeah. It doesn't really raise you up out of a situation. It helps you tolerate being in that situation. So it's and like a chain. Yeah. Sorry? And yeah. acceptance of the situation. Yes, accept, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 and it's, it's okay to, I mean, we're not advocating everybody to go after drugs. No, I'm not. I'm not advocating that. No. I do think that Holy Spirit can eventually wean us off of them as we move this way. Because we yeah. doc, for this guy, this doctor, yeah. within a couple of years, almost every single ailment that he was experiencing was gone. Just by changing his focus and allowing himself to move into higher levels of energy. When he hit love, when he hit unconditional love, things started changing rapidly for him. And the only way to experience the above the line, in my mind, is being willing to let Holy Spirit show us, pull us, pull us above at the pace that we're capable of handling, Mary. I think that what you're hitting on, too, is that we have to have some intentionality with our lives. I, I was, while you were talking, I was thinking, Terry, have I ever told you that before you taught me about union, I was floating, sometimes on the bottom, sometimes on the top. I was a Christian, but I, and I knew God loved me, kind of. But once you, for a year or more, convinced that I was in union with the Father. 
from that point on, I had a post in the ground, and I could actually start to make some consistent movement above the line. But I think it's such a crucial thing, and I just want to thank you again. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I, I'm so grateful every day that I understand my union because yeah. when people don't get that, it's they're, yeah. they just yeah. have no starting point. Yeah. You need a positive anchor. Union source. Sir. Yeah, as, as we're discussing this, you know, you've got that levels of falsehood, low levels of truth, that line. I just keep seeing it's the cross. It happened there. Mm-hmm. That's where the above the line became a reality for mankind. Yeah. Because they lived below the line for so long. Well, and, and you can even take it further. All of this is where man lived originally. Yeah. Yeah. But one choice triggered negative emotions that dragged the entire humanity down over a period of time. And then religion embeds here, keeps us there. But every once in a while, a prophet would come along and say, look up. And then Jesus comes along and says, don't look down anymore, look up. Not only look up, but look who's next to you. Look who's standing there with you. Look who's tied and you can't escape. Our, our identity. I mean, as we began to learn our identity, it moved us to the place of union. If we didn't know who we are, we couldn't understand union. And I am like, whoa, you know, I'm tingling right now. So that's, that's all good. And so even as we move below the line was a lose-lose, you're moving up, up the, the chain of positive emotions, you move to a win-lose. I can win, but then there's a concern... I'm, you're, someone's going to lose. There's still that linear thinking be, is a little bit there. But man, when you hit love, joy, and peace, everything is a win-win potential because it's unlimited outcomes. Explain that one below it a little bit. The win-lose? Sure. <clears throat> I'm looking for an opportunity for a new job, and when I get it, it's a win for me, but for the person who didn't get it, it's a lose. Okay? Because I got something they wanted. And so they're stuck in a loss. You took from limited resources. Yes. Someone have a, oh, have, from have limited something resources. for you to gain. Yes. Right. Yes. Thank you, Ron. That helps. Uh, and up here, it's unlimited resources, so everybody's going to yes. going to pull and win. win. Gary, it's working together for everyone. We're looking at Carol. Talk up the body man and the, the spirit man. I remember they posited in the book the secret. Just a simple question, asking yourself: um, Is this situation, circumstance, or whatever happening to me? Or am I observing? Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Helps you when you're coming up out of that lose lose to yeah. be able yeah. to get to, to the other side. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Now, as, as sons of God, as we as we move into love, joy, peace, and ultimately a full understanding of our our union and oneness, which I think is where enlightenment is, we have the capacity to speak into the lives and demonstrate love and joy and peace to people down here. Because to some of us, that's how we began to experience that. If someone took an interest, spoke into our lives, prayed for us. Now, they may have prayed out of a a, a different model, but yet somehow it still broke through because God in his goodness and kindness honors sometimes, well, all the time, the hearts of people to see people improve. Ron. Uh, ultimately, the sons of God, the manifestation is to basically bring healing, okay? 
Mm -hmm. I mean, all the other, there'll be many other great things too, but ultimately, if you were to ask anyone, okay, uh, that's a Christian, uh, uh, and, and what that would be, what does that mean? Well, that means basically the things of the apostles, the things that were in the past, the things that they did, you know, the shadow, the etc. You don't think of other things. There's two kinds of healing. There's a healing of the heart, which is basically everything down there, okay? And then, of course, there's healing of the body. Yeah. Most people, once you uh, realize, is that the body is usually in trouble, probably because of the heart. Yes. It's those. So when, you are, when we are manifesting as sons of God, that's what we're actually doing. Yeah. We're going to that person, to that group, to that attributes, those negative attributes, and we are changing them, okay? And uh, and I, I, it's as it's as simple as it is, and that's that's what. And you will be able to do that because, like you said, everything five hundred above. If that's where you like reside, like all the time, yes, it yeah. will it will yeah. be done. <laughs> Hold that thought, Carol. Okay. Doctor Hawkins talks about body, soul, spirit, and he and his first point is the body cannot discern good or bad. It just is, okay? It has no capacity for self-awareness. So it takes its cues from the mind and the spirit. If your mind, if your thoughts, if your emotions are negative, the body takes its cue and it triggers negative physiology and that, that leads to sickness and disease. It lowers your energy levels. And the lower your energy levels, the less you have, your less efficient your immune system is going to be because it's got to draw energy to work. But what is it going to take energy away from pumping your heart? You know what I'm saying? I mean, so his his position is as you begin to change the thought patterns to higher elevated emotions, then the body responds. And it will heal itself because the body has the capacity to heal itself. If we provide, intentionally provide an environment for it to do that. And I'm not saying drugs per se. Drugs may be, you know, medical, medical drugs may get you, help get you above the line. But eventually, the, you have enough energy, the body can heal itself, and you still function to full capacity. I just think that's awesome. It, it's telling me it, what it's tell. All this is telling me is science is catching up with what God has always said. What he has already said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is not new age. This is science just confirming God's word, and I love that, Carol. So two things. One thing is, then um, this has been developing in, in my mind is okay, um, God. It's not going to put a sickness or a disease on me, so why am I doing it to myself? There you go. So God is seeing me healthy and whole, so I'm seeing me healthy and whole. Yeah. That's been a big shift in my thinking because, you know, you feel a pain and all of a sudden you start going, oh, could be this, could be that, could be this, could be that. Yep. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to put that on myself. Yep. It's just I, this is an opportunity for health to break out. This is an opportunity for me to know my health, know me as health in Christ. And so that's first thing. Second thing is when we look at the environment around us, the, the what's going on around us, when we see, when we're in that place of seeing someone has to win, someone has to lose, you know, in our 
paradigm and in the government and what have you. When we keep seeing win-lose, win-lose, somebody still has to lose. But if we can go up, up to a, there's a win-win for everybody. And when we realize there is abundance, there is unlimited resources, then we don't have to freak out when, when we hear things going on in the news, what have you. It's like, well, okay, um, there's unlimited resources, and I'm not going to get on the bandwagon of lack. And, and I know some people are called and do go and, and are act, activist type, but I'm coming out of a win-win, and, and I'm win-winning from spirit within, because I, again, the, the scripture, not by might, not my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that's the power, that's the, the, the place for change, is within spirit. And, and yeah. my spirit is the same spirit you have, yes. et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that can ripple. Yeah. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one more point, and then I want to check in with Valerie and Muriel. Can I, through the laying on of hands, in, infuse energy here to these people below the line who may not be able to consciously think their way through to get above the line, but can I do something to release light, life, and energy into them through the laying on of hands? I yes. hope so. Yes. Ron? Yes. Yes. Carol? Without a doubt. Yeah, I think if I go spirit to spirit. Okay. Mary? I think that this knowledge, uh, getting that established in our our hearts is vital for that to happen. But I do believe that is the thing that we've been promised, that we'll be and, able to do that. And did Jesus not model that? Yes, he did. How many times did he touch someone and healing broke out instantly or within a few minutes? Mm-hmm. How many times did someone touch him and he their expectation, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, their expectation triggered a transference of energy into wholeness. Mm-hmm. Without going through everyone, because I don't know all the scriptures with the healing references, but generally speaking, I believe this. He always dealt with the bottom list, and then it manifested in the eye, mm-hmm. the legs, mm-hmm. etc. And of course, the reason is the bottom list was the cause of the eye, the leg. Yes. Or, or yes. He, <laughs> and, and there were times he even just spoke and energy went mm-hmm. and healing took place. He thought it. He, like the, yes. Uh, the centurion whose daughter was sick, he said, um, just a second. Okay, she's good. Yeah. Go home. Linda. First, Devil's advocate here. Go right ahead. So what you're all telling me is that this arthritis that I'm experiencing in my knees and the excruciating pain that I'm having is all because I have pride, anger, desire, fear, grief, something, something, and shame. So that's, that's a reality for me because of that. So therefore, I'm not living out of love, acceptance, neutrality, and courage. So what you're telling me is that if you have pain, if you have something that's not correct in your physical body, 
then you're not doing something right. I'm not telling you that at all. That's the old healing room. I'm not telling you that at all. I'm just saying. Let me let me use him as an example. How long has it been since you broke your hip? Four years. Four years. (laughs) And you started working out, and you hit a level of pain. Did, did breaking your hip result from any of those? Nope. No. It was an accident, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that the pain he's experiencing today is because he's living there, but what I am saying that as he moves higher up into here, it's more likely that he's going to break out in a wholeness there, and the pain's going to go away. I'm not saying that your knee and arthritis, whatever, is caused down here, But what I am saying is a lot of people do live down here and they do experience compromised immune systems. They do experience a lot of diseases just because that's where they stay. But as we move up here, I mean, Jesus Jesus never diagnosed the origin of a sickness or disease for any person he healed. He just said, you're whole. Well, he did say, go and sin no more. And when he was said, go and sin no more, he was referring to the mindset. Um, you know, because the mindset that that they had probably contributed to their bodies responding yeah. in the way they did. So I think that it's scientifically legitimate to say that these things affect your stress level, they affect your cortisol, they affect your immune system. I mean, scientifically, not spiritually, just scientifically, These things have been proven to screw with you. And so I would say, I mean, I have some arthritis. I would say I'm going to take a look at those things because I don't like the arthritis. And if there's something I got going on there that's messing with my immune system or that's making me uh, stressful or giving me not in a judgment sort of thing, but just if it's in my way, I'll take care of it. Not that I feel like I'm any more separate from God or anything. It's just, this is scientific stuff that, I mean, just even regular modern-day doctors now have started to begin to accept that this stuff has side effects in our physical body. So I I guess I sensed a a sense of judgment, self-judgment, but I think that we all go through those things. So I don't think Mm -hmm. you should feel like you're immune to it either, Linda. And and truth be known, you've been through a lot of stuff over the past year and a half, and there's a lot of um, a, a lot of things that may be bugging you, bugging your body. And I, I wouldn't feel upset about it. I would just like, just go ahead if it's there, just take care of it. If you can, see if it helps. If it doesn't, what have you lost? Told you, devil's advocate. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's well, fine. I, I have to say, with what we've been through and what I've been learning and hearing, and is, and it was very, very hard for me to come to the acceptance that somehow I played a role in the relationship breakdown. That was extremely hard to... to talk about your kids. Yes, talking about the kids. Very, very hard to accept that, okay, somehow, somewhere in my subconscious mind, I participated in all of this and brought this on. That's really, really hard. And so then the tendency is to go to Mm self-judgment. But that's not the place to go. The thing is is that, okay, if I cause something awful to happen, I have the power to change it. 
that's the exciting part is, okay, if I've allowed, you know, fear, I mean, I look back and I see I was set up for fear and anxiety from a child, from childhood. And I can see how it finally played out big time over the last couple of years. And instead of, you know, I did for a long time judge myself, judge myself. I shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't have this. You know, I'm, I'm, I believe in Jesus. He loves me and his perfect love casts out fear, but I'm an anxious mess. But when, when I finally reached a point to understand that, okay, so what if I brought this on? I have the power to change. I have the power to change those subconscious thoughts and programs that have been running in my in life since childhood. Mm-hmm. And I can change them and I can see uh, I can see things changing and I can I I am changing. I, I could change the neural connections, speaking yes. scientifically. Yeah. You can change see the neural connections when we keep thinking and behaving and doing the same thing over and over, our brains get wired that way. So we learn We have learned through science that you can actually disconnect those patterns, those neural patterns, by changing your thought patterns. And pretty soon, those neural pathways that we've had since childhood begin to just release themselves and start to rewire in a positive way. So we're made beautifully Mm -hmm. to, to improve ourselves by the way we think and the way we imagine. And we're made powerfully to do so. And I just... Yeah, yeah the, the power well, of Christ within us is so um, powerful. I think powerful. it's just like, I, I, I like to stay on the science because that pool has been peed in with the laying out of hands and the whole spiritual thing. And you're, you know... Uh, you did something wrong and go mm-hmm. and apologize to you and then you can, you know, and then you do this and then God will, you know, that whole thing just turns me off. Mm-hmm. So I got excited when I started to see, uh, but I'm, I'm a nurse, so but I like science, I always have. When I started to see wavelengths and I started to see pictures of what that does to a person's adrenal glands and what that does to your stress levels and what those that increased cortisol does to your body. And then I start seeing the scriptures that say, whatsoever things are good, lovely, pure, virtuous, a good report. Fear not. I start hearing Jesus say, I've been telling you <laughs> all along. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you would not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, let me let me say this. I know some people. My wife lived the levels of falsehood for a while, and I lived there with her because that was just something that was triggered. I'm not judging that as good or bad. I'm just saying it is okay. Yeah. And I know some. I know some people today that are still living in the levels of falsehood. I'm not judging them as good or bad. I'm just saying it is. Now, what can I do as a son of God to help? Tell them the truth. I can speak truth. I can, I can, I can encourage. I can, I can transfer energy. Yeah. I can transfer. You know, call it healing energy if you want. Whatever you want. I can do those things out of compassion and mercy and love, without (laughs) judging them as having committed a a serious, egregious act against God. And, And so, for those who want to. You know, and I think Linda playing devil's advocate was good because we needed to have this discussion in this oh, tape. Oh, Aaron, if Aaron were here and he was listening to this, 
Yeah. He'd have a few words to say. Well, and being sick for ten years and people telling them this no, stuff. Yeah. So you don't you don't judge the person there. You just realize scientifically there's a physiological issue. I don't need to figure out the, the, the cause of that to minister hope, to minister life, to minister love, to minister healing. No. I just know from a perspective, though, that something's going on maybe they don't even know about. Because I will tell you, as I sit here, it came to mind, you know, I had horrendous allergies f- from two or three years of age. Scientifically, allergies are the result of a suppression of the immune system by fear. Mm. Okay? So what did I do at two or three to move into a state of fear? How the hell do I know? I don't remember before age six. I don't know. Well, see, as children, we are innocent. We are totally innocent. We are so innocent that we will believe what anybody tells us. Yeah. Subconsciously. Somewhere... A subconscious thought that Terry's got allergies. Or a cellular memory. Or a cellular memory. Something. And you pick it up because you don't know about it. That's your fault. Well, and I would wake up with my eyes swollen shut, literally. I could not open my eyes. My mom would have to put a hot compress on my eyes for 30 minutes before I could open my eyes. Uh. At two or three three years of age. I mean, that's... Well, I mean, she had rheumatoid arthritis at two. Two? Yeah. Like, really, she's... Really, you know, she's yeah. uh, got rheumatoid arthritis and she's got all this stuff in her life. I don't know. Yeah. So for me to go back to try to figure out what triggered at that level yeah. right. would be navel-gazing, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. On the other hand, if Holy Spirit says, Terry, here's the memory I want you to, to look at and I'm bringing healing to you. But I will tell you that over the years, once, you know, through healing rooms, I learned that allergies were fear, anxiety, and stress and as I began to know Father's love, which I first experienced in the healing rooms, and began to understand the power of unconditional love, that began to dissipate in my life. And I remember the day when I was 36 years old getting an allergy injection, feeling that stuff go into my body and going, this I don't need anymore. Because yeah. I was beginning to get a handle on, on unconditional love and how that casts out all fear. Right. So that's how it's impacted me. Now, do I, do I know it was fear-based? I do know it was fear-based. I know it because I can tell you instances in my life where fear had overpowered me after age six, okay? But I also know that I don't stay there now. I may have an episode. Now if I have an allergic episode, what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going go, to go release. I'm going to go, okay, it's there. I'm not going to resist. I'm going to let it dissipate and release. Then, in that process, if something comes up that triggered it, I will know. If not, I'm moving on. Right. Mm-hmm. Gary. Just listening to this all this discussion going on, it's, it struck me, it seems to me, that the goal when you're ministering to someone who's in that lower level, to get them over that hump, to me, comes empowerment. Yeah. I mean, you don't want them dependent upon you or other people. Mm-hmm. to empower them to know that they have control. Yeah to get above that line and to stay above that line. And awareness will be another one. Yeah. And of course, wholeness is one yeah. of my favorite words. So, so Muriel and Valerie, I want to check in with you two, starting with Muriel. Anything you want to say or add to the discussion? My head has just been bouncing everywhere. You guys have got so much <laughs> stuff going on there. Man, 
I very, I was very curious about that that list on that you made about consciousness. I want to study that a little bit more because that's something that intrigues me right now. Other thing that I thought of when we're talking about those levels is a book that I had read a long time ago, and I love that book, Heinz Feet on High Places. And it's like an allegory, something like a pilgrim's progress where you're, you're going up a mountain, and as you go up, you're seeing different levels, seeing different sights, and things that you wouldn't. As you would go higher, you see more. Be, you can see more around you, and until uh, you reach the heights, and you can see everything. And uh, so those levels of consciousness that you're talking about, getting up to the 600 level, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that. Otherwise, uh, you guys have uh, said a lot to think about today, but I don't really have anything to add to it because I think there's been so much said already, so I just have to digest it all. Okay. So appreciate well, all the thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for your input. Valerie, how about you? Um, yes. A couple of things are rattling around in my mind, uh, two things. Um, first of all, it's great confirmation because I've noticed, so like three main things. Like one, everything matters because everything has energy. So we think it doesn't matter like what's in our house and, and that type of thing. Because one thing I had noticed is that the people in my family who tend to be negative love to sit in the dark. And I just can't stand to sit mm, in the dark. And I wow. always that was always just like a puzzle to me. I mean, like sometimes in the dark, but like constantly they don't like light. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. So like being aware of how all of everything that has energy impacts us. And um, the conversation about helping other people by sending positive energy. I know we can do that, but I think there's also something about if the person chooses to go to a higher energy or not, because they can choose to keep focusing on the negative mm -hmm. and not receive that positive energy as well. That's good. And Holy, and Holy Spirit is always going to try to woo them to a choice to move higher, mm -hmm. to move forward. Mm -hmm. But it gives them like hope. It's kind of like if they're in a deep well, you put a ladder there so they have the opportunity to move up, but they know there's an opportunity now. Mm -hmm. They know there's hope and there is something better and they don't have to stay there if they don't want to. Yeah, that's good. And, and I put all this out there today is because I think it is part of coming to a place of peace and understanding of who we are as sons. We do impact. We, have, we can impact for good or we can impact for negative. I mean, I can have a bad moment and send some negative energy out but ultimately, the more we go into love, joy, and peace and contemplate that, the more, the more impact we're going to see in our lives. And, and you all impact people. I, you come here on, on Sunday, but the rest of the time, you're out there impacting people, whether you know it or not. And so to be conscious of the fact that you're impacting is really, I think Jesus was always conscious of the fact that he was an impactor. He was an influencer. He was a world changer. He knew it. And he said, we can do it too because the things he did, we do. We have the capacity to do and more. So, Mary. I, I want to give a testimony. Um, this week, I 
I probably was laying down for a nap, which I do regularly around one o'clock. And I've been struggling with my art um, and trying to understand how the energy moves around in my body and and trying to be real sensitive to where do I hurt? Do I hurt? Does this thought make me hurt here in my solar plexus? Does it make me hurt here in my heart? I mean, I, you actually can feel, you know how people say, oh, it just hurt my heart, or oh, I just felt it in my gut, or oh, it just choked me up, or oh, it just, you know, just gave me a headache. Or I mean, I think those are reflective of the energy centers where that lower level event is captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am, did not read this anywhere, so please take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, I have been struggling with my art. And I realized that I would feel it in my solar plexus. Well, your solar plexus, after I did a little research, that reflects your self-esteem, your um, well-being, kind of. And so then I started to do a little research. Oh, well, your self-esteem, you get developed mostly between the ages of 12 and 20, they say. So, okay. So... I started to think, well, good. I'll just take a little look at what happened to me between 12 and 20, right? I couldn't remember. <laughs> I didn't know I couldn't remember. I just couldn't remember. So then when I was laying down taking my nap, I felt this just, my heart again. And it was just guilt and shame. Mm. And I started to remember how sassy I was to my parents, how independent I was, how undirected I was, how self-serving I was, how just did whatever I wanted and I didn't care who I hurt. And it just started to open up to me. I was like, holy moly. And then... I started to feel really bad, and then I did my did the whole thing where you receive it. Okay, you did that. You lived like that. You did that to people. But the truth is, you've been forgiven for your worldly mindset. Mm-hmm. And I have forgiven you, and you can release it. And so I released all the guilt and shame from when I was, you know, 13 to when I was 22. I just... I just cried and I just released it and I I just received and accepted the love of God and my union with him and his forgiveness of my um, fallen mindset. Then I didn't know better. You know, he said, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And that's really what happens is it's like we just do things in our lives. We don't know what we're doing even. And then later it starts to bite us, you know, so... Anyway, I needed to give you that testimony that, I mean, lately, this lower-level stuff, God's really just letting it come to the surface. And it's usually in a quiet time. And um, I, and I'm letting them have it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm letting mm-hmm. them have it. Mm-hmm. Because I want to have the art gift that he's given me. I want that thing to be big. And mm-hmm. I don't want anything in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. Awesome. Which takes us to communion then. If we're in full union and oneness, then part of communion is just reminding ourselves that we're in union and oneness. 
and that the cross brought us to the place of acceptance of our union and oneness. You know, the cross is the big is the big mark of acceptance. It opens the door to acceptance to who we truly are. And it's not about having to confess everything because I can't remember everything to confess. But it is it is like Mary reminded us when something comes up, we can choose to change our mind about it and accept the benefit of what Jesus accomplished at the cross by bringing us to the place of freedom. It's really the cross is about acceptance of freedom and trusting that anything that is in a way from the early programmings of our lives or the, or the previous programmings before our awakening to the fullness of Christ, trusting that he's got it. And he knows how to clear the deck when, when it's the right time. And I just, there's such freedom for me in that because I don't have to figure it out. He will let me know. What I do need to know right now is that the door of acceptance never closes. And the freedom that Christ has awakened to me to never goes away. It's always there. And so today, as we take and we eat, we're remembering we are accepted, we are loved, we are in union and oneness, and we are free. And so take and eat. And sometimes in grace, we tend to forget the power of the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that triggered the awakening. It is the death on the cross, the shedding of the blood, that triggered the awakening. And it's an awakening that has reverberated through time now for 2,000 plus years. Think about that. In the, in the Greek context, it's, it's an aorist tense, it's then, but it's always ongoing. It's never revoked. And it's that blood that sealed it for us. Why else would, would Christ the Son shed his blood if not to make it permanent. Because mankind was so steeped in sacrifice and blood sacrifice in that time. The Jews in animal sacrifice, the rest of the world in, in physical sacrifice of persons, the shedding of blood, Jesus said, let me show you what it really is. And so as we drink, we remember the power of the blood makes everything permanent and irreversible because that's his covenant with us. So take and drink. And you all are the best of the best. That door never closes either. <laughs>